Triple M rocks the NRL 24-7 through the Triple M app. Thanks to Ream. Steady, hot and strong. Install a Ream. And we are underway. Here we go. This is where it's dangerous, Triple M. Rocking the footy. There's only one game on the east coast of Australia. It's the great game of rugby league. It's been another massive year of footy. Magic moments. Gets away from another. Over the 40. Stepping. Weaving. Goodbye. Unbelievable scoring. What a spectacular performance. It's been a try scoring festival. And just a touch of. Well. well. What the hell was that? Oh my God. Where did that come from? Well. Wow. Now, we're here again. Finals footy. Only the best of the best have survived. But who's got what it takes to reach out and grab the ultimate prize, the NRL Premiership? Rugby League. That's why we love it. Here, live, on Triple M, and just about anywhere on the listener app for our great mates at McDonald's and Ream Hot Water, Triple M rocks finals footy. Hello and welcome to Triple M Finals Footy live from Combank Stadium in Parramatta getting ready for semi-final number one. It is the Eels taking on the Raiders joined by Aaron Woods and Ryan Girdler. Woodsy doesn't get any better do or die footy. Oh, how good is it, Emma? Like this last week's semi-final series was, uh, final series was unbelievable and you come again tonight, you don't know what to think, who's going to win. It's a, it's a toss of a coin but it's so exciting. The, the games that we've sort of you want it to see actually happening. So for a rugby league fan, I can't wait. And it's just wanted to, wanted to kick off right now, waiting for it. <laughs> Are you as pumped? I don't know if you've got as much energy as Woodsy. <laughs> I, um, yeah, I, I love this stadium. Yeah, I, I really do. And um, I, I really enjoyed the way the Raiders have just built the back end of their season. And I love watching Parramatta play at this time of year because there's just almost always so many storylines around, you know, their season and their coach and whatever it may be and what's come out through the week and their senior players and so forth. So a lot of people saying, in that, you know, if it's not now for Parramatta, when? Because, you know, Marnie's leaving, Papa Litty's leaving next year. They're going to have to deal with, you know, the uncertainties of, you know, some of their big players coming off contract, and we know how that can unsettle a side, Woodsy. Is Papa Lee leaving? Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> supposedly maybe he's not. Yeah. Suppos- That's more supposedly he is, but you know, they, they've got some they've got some challenges to overcome next year. And, and the interesting part about that is, and what I thought we might have seen by now is, um, you know, we know Hodgson's coming, and um, he's a general number nine there from the Raiders, but he's, he's played with a lot of injury over the last couple of years and obviously missed this full season. So who's who's the next guy coming up? I mean, you know, what, what's their, what are their systems like and who can replace the players like Reed Money that plays every game for 80 minutes? I mean, you're not going to get that out of Hodgson. So yeah, um, lots of storylines to unfold after this one. So many. We absolutely love it. We know the Eels have the longest... Uh Premiership drought in the competition. Haven't won since 1986. After the break, we'll take a deep dive into the Eels side. What do they have to do to win today in what will be a sold-out Combank Stadium? We're doing it here on Triple M, thanks to Ream Hot Water and to Maccas. Emma Lawrence, Aaron Woods and Ryan Girdler here. Woodsy, Eels are the favourites tonight, but... Their finals record, they just can't seem at this time of year to get it together. They've only won one of their last six finals matches. What do you think it's been about this time of year? Is it lack of big game experience? 
What do you put it down to? I wouldn't say it's lack of big game experience because if you look at a lot of their players now, they've, they've, they've been there for the semis lately in the last couple of years. You know, they, they had a really good run last year. You know, they, they almost topped Penrith. Uh, and there was probably a game that they should have won. Um, you know, a couple of their players have played Origin. You know, Junior Paulo, um, Regan Campbell-Gillard, Mitchell Moses got a game last year. Madison's played. So I, I wouldn't say it's it's big game experience. I just think, you know, it's just key moments in games that, that are hurting them. You know, last week... For 60 minutes, they competed with Penrith, and Penrith are a really good side. Like, I, I, personally, I think it's, a comp, it's Penrith's comp to lose at the moment, but it wasn't until Moses went down, you know, they lost his kicking game. They lost just sticking to that game plan. You know, it's like when things go, like, they get in that system, they do it comfortable. It's like, why are we sticking it? Let's do something to chance our arm, whereas if they just play that long game, they've got the players in the game to, to break it, and, you know, probably... The, the only thing for me with, with Paramount at the moment, their, their back line, it, it's, it's a young back line. You know, you've got some, some kids in there. In, you know, Sivo's only played a couple years of first grade. Uh, Penasini's only 18. And, you know, Wonga Blake had a, probably a, a night not to remember last, last Friday night against Penrith. But it's just getting that consistency, you know. And players like Moses, they, they've brought their game up to where their good game is almost like their bad game now. You know, Kemal Gillard, I, I think I read Cameron Smith this week said he's the form uh, forward in the competition. Junior Paulo's been playing some outstanding footy. And for me, Sean Lane's been their best player this year. So they've got players that are playing in good footy. They just need to keep backing up and just be consistent. And when things, uh, are, they're cruising along, they don't need to chance their arm. they just got to stick to that plan for 80 minutes. Gerds, how do they win today? And do you think they will win, given they're the favourites? Well, I think it's easily, it's so easy to build a case for either either side. And I think we've seen that through the majority of games so far in, in this final series. And, uh, in, in relation to you know their performance in some of the bigger games, yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit like Woodsy, where um, I, I think they've got some guys now that have they've played Origins and they've played in some final series. Now, a lot of people talk about uh, the game where they went close to Penrith last year. Now, I believe Penrith played their best football at the beginning and then through the middle periods of last year, and I think they really struggled. I, we were talking to Isaiah Yo uh, on the Saturday show last week, and he basically came on and said, this time I asked him what the difference was between the lead-in to this final series for them and obviously what they went through last year. He said, this time last year, we were just dragging players from anywhere to try and train and just going on the field and doing our best. And they really did. And, and the, the way that they went through that final series was courageous, but it was ugly. Yeah, and they just willed their way to a premiership. Well, they are humming along this year. What they did to Parramatta last week, the way that they've got another week off, they've got everyone fit, and the way that they're going to go into that prelim final, it, it's a bit of a scary thought for the rest of the competition. But Parramatta, for mine, like even through those, um, those moments of the game last week that Woodsy was talking about, they have players that have played at a, at a good level, but in those key positions, Gutherson was quiet last week, Brown was quiet last week, like Mitchell was had a great kicking game, but really had no influence with his running game. Reed Marnie, another guy that was probably a little bit off last week. So I just think that in those key positions, in the big moments, they they haven't got guys that that own that and consistently can do it. Because you can have one big moment or two big moments, but you, you take the performance by Abby Corrissell last week and 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 Nathan Cleary, they had half a dozen big moments each, maybe more. And, and the thing about Penrith is, with their four spine players, if one's not getting that big moment, the other one does. So they all complement each other well. And, and like you said, Gerds, they lose Moses last week. You needed Gutherson, you needed Dylan Brown to stand up, read money, but they just didn't. And, and that's what Penrith do so well, and that's why they are where they are. And like you said, they were hanging on by a thread last year. 
they're flying this year, so Parramatta's spine really need to step up tonight. And that was the opportunity for them last last year, Parramatta. Like they, they went into that game against Penrith, and you know Penrith, had, I thought they had the wobbles in that final series. They lost the first, obviously, one against Melbourne, and put them in that situation where it's like, okay, are Penrith going to go out the back door because of all their injuries and so forth? And there was a moment there last year for the Eels to take control of that and potentially go on and maybe win the premiership, and they couldn't do it then. Now, they couldn't do it in week one last week, and now everyone's questioning the, the credentials of, of those guys, those, you know, senior players, and now also the pressure comes on Brad Arthur, who's, you know, four years, I think, you know, consecutively now, if they lose this, they would have been knocked out in round two of the finals. Ricky Stewart's record, on the other hand, he's made the finals seven times and made the prelim every time. So... There's a lot of talk around Brad Arthur then that if they get knocked out tonight that he should be gone. And he's got them to the finals consistently, but in his time there over nine years, hasn't been able to deliver that premiership. Do you think it's time to make a change? That just depends what the Parramatta board and, and what they're after. What do they want? Are they happy with where they are at the moment? We spoke about earlier some of the players that have got big decisions to make over the next 12 or 18 months that can really disrupt a season. They're losing a couple of really key players and we, we haven't seen you know anyone coming through that you go, ah, I understand why they're letting Marnie go or why they didn't pay to keep him or so forth. Or, um, you know, so uh, it just depends what they're after. Um, but I would say that Parramatta um, are a, still a couple of positions away, um, maybe one or like an absolute superstar away from winning a title. I don't, you know, I, I think that that's what, really what they like. They've got a lot of really good, great first grade players, but they probably lack just that 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 one or two. Um, you know, Australian representatives that just come out on this stage and says, come with me, boys, and everyone just jumps on and goes with them. And I suppose with Brad Arthur too, unless you have an obvious candidate that is obviously better, has won a premiership, what's the point of getting rid of a coach if yeah, there I was isn't gonna, I was going to say that to you as well, Emma. You know, like if, if you do sack him, look, he's got him to the top four. So, you know, tonight I think if they do lose, it's a failure of a season, but they did make the top four. But then who do you replace him with? Other coaches that are around, they've been sacked, and they've been, a lot of them have been sacked recently. You know, or do they go with a young coach? A lot of them, like, you know, Serrato's going to Bulldogs. Do, do they bring someone young in and Benji at the Tigers in a couple of years? Do they do that? Or it sort of changed the whole plan. But I'm a bit like Gerds. You know, you need that player to stand up. Like, for me, they've only really got Mitchell Moses. If he fires, then, you know, you think you're going to have a good night at Parramatta. And you sort of want Dylan Brown to fire and, and Gutherson, but... You look at the other good sides that are around, you know, you look at the Roosters there, got Tedesco, you know, Swali is a young kid that's made a name for himself, Luke Keary, Sam Walker, and, and they just they just dominate at certain periods, and you just you don't see that enough from, from, from Parramatta, and no disrespect to the outside backs, you know, you've got young Will Penasini, who I think is going to be a really good player, but he's only young, he hasn't grabbed the game like we thought he would, um, you know, Tom Opacic, Wonga Blake, and, and Micah Siva, like... Siva scores a lot of tries, but it's off the back of Moses creating all, all the options for him. So you just want to have that player that you know that, like you like said, it's an Australian, New Zealand rep that's always going to be there and just dominates games. So if you're talking about players stepping up in the big moments, if you look at that team list, who's the guy you could most see taking the game by the scruff of the neck? Is it Mitch Moses? Well, well I think... Um, King Gutherson will be really disappointed with his output last week. We know what an effort player he is and regardless of the result, usually Gutho's always got his hands on the footy and he's got his fingerprints all over the result. Now, he unfortunately just wasn't engaged in the contest last week and, um, and, I, and I would imagine that he's not a guy that that sits well with. 
and he would have worked really hard this week and I think he'll go out and he'll be determined to make sure he has a real, real influence on the result of this one today. So I would say for the Eels, Lee, he's their skipper. He needs to put in a real captain's knock. All right, well, after the break, we'll take a deep dive into this Raiders lineup and their record as well. You mentioned it, Gerds, but Ricky actually has the best finals record of any coach in the game. So we'll run through that. We're doing this on Triple M NRL thanks to Ream, Australia's favourite hot water. Triple M rocks finals footy. Ream Hot Water and McDonald's. Welcome back to Triple M Finals Footy, getting ready for semi-final number one. The Eels taking on the Raiders here at Combank Stadium in Parramatta. Emma Lawrence, Aaron Woods and Ryan Girdler. Woodsy, the Raiders have come home so strongly this season. A lot of it has to do with the form of Jamal Fogarty. And when he returned from that Achilles injury a lot of things started falling into place for the Green Machine. Yeah, look, I, I totally agree with you, Emma. I, I think we spoke about, you know, Raiders were a side at the start of the year. Everyone had them in the top four. They, they had a lot of, you know, players, but then they'd lost Hodgson round one. I think he did his ACL. So he's an integral part of their side. He's one of their main, you know, leaders. He's, he was their captain at the time, and he's one of their key spine members. But they also signed Fogarty from Titans, and we saw how well he went last year. And then looking at Titans this year... Mate, they've really missed that guidance. And since he's come back, it's been a completely different Canberra side. Look, Canberra are really good unstructured. They play a lot of, a lot of caution to the win. They, 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 they like to flick the pass. They like to, you know, they play that sort of unorthodox type of footy. But he also straightens them up at the same time. He's, he sticks to a game plan. He's one of those players I reckon if you're a coach, you'd love to have in your team because everything you practice all week, he takes out on the field. But then you've got your other players, the likes of Whiten, that if they see something what's in front of him or if they see a short side with, with less numbers, they call the ball and take it on. So I think he's just the, the combination with himself, with Whiten. And the other player that's pretty much an unsung hero for me is, is young Zach Wolford. You know, he was, he was, when I was at the Sharks last year, he was in the Newtown system. He hadn't played much games. He was play, and then he, he left and went and played rugby union. And he's come back this year and he's just got a contract up there. And he, he's made the number nine jersey his own. He's kept Tom Starling on the bench. And I think they just worked really good as, as a team. Everyone's playing to the best they possibly can. They're all in form. It's amazing the confidence a team gets when they know that the person with his hands on the wheel has control. And, and I think that's what happens. And Woodsy said the word unorthodox, and I think that really sums the Raiders up. When you win the middle, uh, and, and which is what they generally have been doing over the past eight or nine weeks, I think they've won nine from their last ten or whatever it is with the form of those front rowers and the edge back rowers and so forth individually. But when you win the middle uh, and, and your team as a whole has confidence that regardless of what happens uh, on plays three, four and five, that your number seven's going to get you to the part of the field you need to be and he's going to execute a kick and you're going to chase it. I mean, it, it's it's amazing how far a side can go and, and what they can do. And and I think what that does also, it allows Jack White, who's another guy that generally over the last couple of years has, has gone from being a guy that's need to manage the outcome of games to just playing what he sees. And I think at the moment we're seeing him back to those, you know, 2019 days where he had... Um, Caesar in there, who was, you know, probably there are some similarities between the two players, Fogarty and Caesar, and and uh, and and the fact that this halfback is giving that group of men just so much confidence to go out there and get the job done, and uh, and he's a guy again that that you know every week what you're going to get. His best and worst aren't that far apart, and last week we saw a little bit of the running game and so forth. 
And what's impressive about the Raiders, like, you know, Melbourne in Melbourne. Um, Weiss. You know, is just is quite is quite incredible. I mean, most people, uh, most teams go down there psychologically expecting to lose, right? So the damage is almost done before you take the field. Well, they didn't carry any of that last week because their record was so good, and then they went on. And the impressive part was at times during that game, it looked like Melbourne were just going to roll over the top. And yeah, I think the start half time away. they went back to back tries, and yep. and then they had a lot of a lot of born on the Raiders' defence on the try line, and they just kept turning away, turning away, and then. You just had that feeling that if, if Canberra can hang into the game, like, like we say unorthodox, they've got Nick Kotrick, they've got Jordan Rapana, they don't run straight at you, they run real, they change angles, they, they can move their body, they get into situations that other players can't, and then when you think you got them, they get a flick pass, and then what Canberra do so well, they play that ad-lib, they're up in front and ready to go, no one's expecting just a, a normal one-out hit-up, they're all pushing up, their support play's been unbelievable, but... Another one for me, you know, one of their unsung heroes is Adam Elliott, and they're going to really yeah. use him tonight. He, he's leg speed. You know, he's got that – he can play pre-line, he can play through the line, he can play an offload as well. So, um, you know – Big loss. Yeah, huge loss. Yeah. I, I thought when he, they did lose him, he didn't come out for the second half last week. You know, they, they did well. And, and, and I said it before, all their players are in form. You know, you're not, you're not relying on one player. I hope he has a good game. Tarpany's playing the best footy he's ever played. Papa Lee, he's been absolutely incredible since Origin Series. You know, we spoke about White and Fogarty. They're all in great form. So it's, it's, it's really good signs for Canberra tonight. Papa Lee, what a leader he is. Reedy actually uh, told a great story during the week. And uh, Papa Lee had gone to Billy Slater during Origin Camp and said, look, if, if you don't think I'm up to it, then don't play me. And he said, no, I believe in you. And he said, no, please, if you don't think I'm up to it. And he said that was the catalyst for turning his season around. And, I mean, last week we saw him, you know, making breaks against Melbourne and almost scoring tries. It seems like he's in, like, almost back yeah. to his career best form, would you say? And, and also some of these, you know, it's really important as a club, whether you're a development club or, 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 or there was a really good article today about, you know, this side being put together by P- the late, great Peter Mulholland. Oh, yeah. And all these guys coming through and developing that talent and... and you know, once you get that sort of balance right, and sometimes it, it takes 20 or 30 games for these guys to not reach their potential, but get to the point where you, you, you've got trust in some of those guys. And it took Ricky a little while for some of these guys like uh, Tomoko and, and, and Chris to actually put their hand up and say, you know, I'm ready to constantly play NRL and I can contribute. And and, and Ricky's been rewarded for that faith that he's shown in those guys now and the balance that the team has with the guys that we've mentioned, throw in a guy like Hudson Young, another guy that's just come on in leaps and bounds probably over the last 12 months, um, and they are a dangerous sight. I actually thought you know, young Xavier Savage um, had a pretty... He rode, you know, he rode some bumps early on in his career. You know, it's a, it's a pretty tough position to come into it at fullback. You're really isolated there. You make an error there and everyone sees it. And um, and he just had to sort of get his confidence. And I was a little bit concerned about him last week going to Melbourne down there. There's no harder place. And uh, he handled it really well, run for almost 200 metres. And I think on the back of that performance, he's a guy that can come out here and really make a difference as well. So as Woodsy said, they are in good form and they are, more importantly, full of confidence. And each and every week, Ricky Stewart has when he's been interviewed before the game, after the game, said, no one believes in us. No one thinks we're going to make the finals, but we believe, and that's all that matters. And he has that aura and that passion, Ricky. And taking a look at some of the stats, he actually, since 1980, has the best strike rate of any coach. So that's 68%, even better than Bellamy. So Bellamy's at 64%. It's quite remarkable, because then a lot of people, I think, halfway through the year when he got re-signed, well, what's going on here, you know? 
He believes in his system. He's a, he's a Canberra boy. He, he's a Canberra through and through. And like you said, some of these stats, are, they're outstanding. I remember early on in his career when he coached the Roosters, he went to three grand finals. You know, he won his first actual season as a, as a coach. But he just seems like a coach that the players want to play for. You know, if he believes in you, like Gerd said before with, you know, Tomoko, Sebastian, Chris, it's like he's just said, look, boys, use a plan. You're part of my plans. You're in my system. I'm sticking with you. And it's, it's like this gave them the world of good, the confidence that they've got from that. They know that as long as my coach backs me and I keep doing what he's telling me to do, that I'm going to be, sticking, I'm going to be stuck in this team. So he just seems like he's just giving players so much confidence. And, you know, great respect to Ricky because halfway through the year, they were down and out yeah. at stages. Oh, I think they won one or two out of their first eight or nine games. Yeah. Mate. There was talk that he'd lost the group and all those things. Obviously, when you have a record like that at the start of the season, they start all coming to the surface and there's innuendo and rumours starting here and there. And he looked rattled, you know, and he's had to deal with some other situations throughout the year with, you know, the comments that he made and he got a suspension. So um, he's rode the bumps through the year. Um and look at them now. I mean, they are just humming along. And uh, I think, you know, this stadium gives Parramatta an advantage. They've got a great record here. They're going to have 30,000 screaming, you know, Eels fans here tonight. And that's really going to help. But I'll tell you what, um, they are a dead set show here tonight, the Raiders. Yeah. He's There's also no like a, he's a coach that just takes any one little 1% and he tries to turn it against where everyone's against us. Like... I don't know if you heard Mitchell Moses' uncle, Uncle Betty, come out in the week and said it's Paris to, to lose this game. They should dominate. And, you know, Ricky, he'd just bottle that up. He'd go to train and just go, boys, everyone is a dead set against us and blah, 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 all this sort of stuff. And he'd have their – they'd be that fired up and they'd be, they'll come out and I reckon this first 20 minutes will make or break – will make or break them. The, the one thing that I think, you know, might play into the Eels' favour as well as that home crowd is, I mean, they've done it – they've had a pretty tough – uh, run over the last couple of weeks, the Raiders. Melbourne last week and up in, uh, I think they were in Sydney the week before that, even though they had a win against the Tigers. So they've done a fair bit of travel uh, and obviously they only had the six-day six turnaround tonight after what was a, always a physical encounter down there in Melbourne. So, And they're on the bus, right? So, you know, they, they get the bus up here today and so forth. So, um, hey, hey, they had a private jet last week. Did they have a jet to Melbourne? That's jet, to Melbourne, yeah. 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 So, they've, they, you know, they've had some things to overcome and that, again, is exactly... Like that's part of the the, the narrative. It's yes. from Ricky to use that. Let's do or die footy. It is a semi-final number one, of course. Tomorrow here on Triple M NRL, it is the Sharks taking on the Rabbitohs. So we'll take a look at that matchup after the break. We do it thanks to Macca's score, a one in four chance to win the Monopoly game at Macca's. It ends the 18th of October. So for full terms, visit mcdonalds.com.au as Triple M rocks finals footy. Triple M rocks finals footy. Ream Hot Water and McDonald's. Welcome back to Triple M Finals of Footy here at Combank Stadium. Emma Lawrence, Aaron Woods and Ryan Girdler. We've got all of your finals footy covered here on Triple M. Can't wait for tomorrow night with the Bunnies taking on the Sharkies and whenever we talk about the Bunnies, Woodsy, we're always talking about Latrell Mitchell in some capacity. He said a few weeks ago he's a showman. He delivered last week against the Roosters. Everyone loves to talk about him, whether it's criticising him or, or talking him up. Do you think Latrell Mitchell is really, really good for our game? Yeah, I love him. You, look at the support he gets. And, you know, if, if you're at a game, 
Like, we played against South Sydney, and, and he didn't even play. And he come down to the game. I think he just got out of COVID. And the amount of fans and young kids around him after the game. But you know the other thing as well? He gave his time to every single one of them. And they weren't always all South supporters. They were Dragon supporters at the same time. He's a good fella. I played the 2018 two tests with him. He really surprised me, actually. Like, you know, you see he's got that real big presence. Real, he's sort of got that, that Greg Inglis aura. You know, Cam Smith, he's one of those just incredible players of the game. He was just coming off a grand final, and he was just a natural down-to-earth bloke. You know, you go down, you, you have a coffee with him, you go to the pub, have a beer, you have a feed, and it's like, really, he's, it's not what you see in the media all the time and how people portray him. He's actually a good fella, and he just loves going back to the country. He, he's just... What I love about him when he's in the media, he's just being himself. Mm. He's not changed for anyone, and if someone asks his opinion, he'll say something like the other night when you're seen on the on the on the coverage with Paul Ken and Crawley, they were going after him, and then he says, "You know, I'm living rent free in his head." We love that. It's, oh, it's I good love to that. see. Like it's it's yeah. hilarious, but that's just Latrell, and, and it's just him being himself. And I reckon he should be applauded for being himself because a lot of players, you know, you see him in front of the microphone, in front of the camera, they're not themselves. They a lot. I noticed interviewing them during the week and at games, as soon as the cameras are on, they become a different person, whether they're shy or they're not prepared to voice their opinions. But I agree, Latrell, he's brave. He stands up and he'll cop criticism, but he doesn't care. He'll be himself. And going to Redfern during the week, you see him, he'll go all the way because everyone just, the fans go and watch them train during the week. He's always the last one out there getting photos, signing autographs. He's always so polite to reporters. There was even a game at Penrith earlier in the year. He kicked uh, one of the old Aboriginal ladies accidentally in the head. He went over after the game, gave his boots, um, didn't didn't want to talk because he was asked about it afterwards, but didn't want to look like he was talking himself up. So he's humble. He's humble. He's a decent guy. He, I think he cops a bad rap when he's genuinely a good person and good for the game. you like to see I, I, what we look, see from him? I've only, I've only had admiration for uh, Latrell for the last couple of years when he came out and just the way that he represents his community and his people. I'm, I'm not sure why anyone, you know, wants to take... Um, you know, anything away from Latrell with what he brings to our game. I, I, I understand that he's a guy that, you know, and it's really hard to get, but I don't think people can really get a perspective of what Latrell's life would be like. He's actually like a superstar these days. You know, he walks the streets, he lives and breathes it. He gets asked questions, as Woodsy said. He answers those questions to the best of his ability. Does he always get it right? No. Does he always need to get it right? He doesn't. Why can't we just let Latrell be Latrell? Why, why does everyone have to have an opinion on what he does? And, and, and if he wants to bring a bit of extra attention to himself and then go out and play the way that he does, I mean, what, what's the problem with that? I think we need to be really careful um, with some of these guys because as soon as they stop talking, then there's people out there saying, we have no personalities in the game anymore, we're all robots. And then all of a sudden we get someone out there talking and everyone comes out and says, oh, these guys are too showy. Yeah. They've got it's too like, much what personality. <laughs> what do they yeah, want? Exactly. You can't win. What we've got is a, a, a rough diamond with Luttrell. Um, he's, he's a charismatic guy. He's so good for our game. He's a, he's a talented individual. And let's just enjoy Latrell. Let's just sit back and marvel at what this guy does. He plays the game like no one else I know. You know, you can't compare him to any other fullbacks. Sure, you know, he's got a different style. He doesn't touch the football as much as guys like Tedesco. He's never going to be James Tedesco. He's always going to be Latrell. And that's exactly who South need. That's exactly who the fans of our game love. So 
let's just let Latrell be Latrell and enjoy him for what he is because he is unique. And it would be so hard because no matter what you do, and I work in the media so I know we, we contribute to this, but it, if Latrell he, he, goes to have a coffee, but it's he, a story, he, he, right? He, he, like he, he, no matter what he yeah. does, he gets and followed. And he's still learning, right? And he's still young. Is he, what is he, 25? He's 20, he, yeah. he, he, brought a house, like he brought a house the other day and it was all in the paper what yeah. he paid for yeah. it. You know? Incredible. For, for me, and the other thing as well, like, you know, He's such a good fellow. I remember they, they got beat on a Friday night. I can't remember who it was by. Then later that night, himself and Cody Walker, they were in a car for about six hours, went to some school, I don't know, Wagga. I think it might have yeah. been Wagga Wagga, and then just hung out with those kids all day. Mind you, they've got kids and they've both got two kids at home with their, with their partners. Then they come back, you know, they took all that time out of their, you know, out of their busy schedule to go down on a Friday. Like, they drove down to about three or four in the morning. And they just participate in av- absolutely every activity. He's so good for the community. And, and like Gerd said, he's, he's an out-and-out superstar. You look at on Instagram, he's got hundreds of thousands of followers. It's incredible how much people just want to see what he does through his weekly life. Yeah, and it's great to see not only that he's maturing, but he seems to be in a good place as well, particularly after that trip to the US. He said a few times over the last few weeks that um, the trip has done him really good. He's in the best mental headspace of his career, so it's good to see. Anyone um, that was at that stadium last week when he was talking to Freddie or he was trying to talk but the crowd just went so crazy that no one could hear themselves, that was a moment. I'm so glad I was there and I got to witness that. That was a special moment. Latrell literally stood there, for those that haven't seen it, for like 15 seconds with a microphone under his mouth with Freddie not being able to ask him a question, and Latrell just emotion. And don't we love the emotion I, that he brings to the I game? I was getting goosebumps at home watching it, Gerds, because it just showed you how much it meant. And then to see when his face was on the screen and you could hear the crowd in the background, so love you, mate. It's real. Keep yeah. being you, yeah. Latrell. Keep being you, brother. We love it, Latrell, and we cannot wait for tomorrow night. Mm. It is the Bunnies taking on the Sharks right here on Triple M Finals footy. We do it thanks to Ream, Australia's favourite hot water. Triple M rocks finals footy. Here, live, for our great mates, Ream Hot Water and McDonald's. Welcome back to Triple M Finals Footy. We're here at Combank Stadium. Aaron Woods and Ryan Girdler alongside me. Big news. Woodsy Sifatalakai out of tomorrow's semi-final. Huge. Absolutely huge. You know, he's been outstanding from this year. He got his origin debut. I think he played two games. And just to lose someone to that back end of the field that, that brings them out of trouble a lot of the time. Uh, he has a real good combination with Ronaldo Mulatano and, and Jesse Ramian when they, when they link up with each other at the back end. And yeah, it's just such a big body to, to be losing. And um, look, he has, looks like he has been underdone the last few weeks. I think he aggravated his, his ankle injury and he's been busted since Origin with his shoulder. Uh, I think it was a rotator cuff. I'm not 100% sure. But yeah, losing a player like that. But then they've, they've gained young Lockie Miller. Like, you know, he, every time he stood up, he's, he's been quite outstanding for the Sharks. He's a real nippy type player and it just pushes Connor Tracy into the centres, which is one of his main positions. So look, it's. You lose someone of Talakai's, you know, you know, the capability of what he can do on the field, but then you gain Connor Tracy to go centre and, and Lockie Miller is going to bring a lot of, you know, excitement. You know, he's going to be that confident getting out there. And, you know, it's a do-or-die game, a bit like similar to tonight. 
How much of a blow do you see it as? Uh, yeah, look, he obviously had a couple of nice moments last week, but he also defensively, Peter Hickey had a, some fun with him there as well. So he obviously lost a little bit of his uh, lateral movement and got caught out on a couple of different occasions. So Connor Tracy defensively, I think, will shore that up. And he's courageous. So he brings the ball back as well. So, look, he obviously he's an origin player and he's had some really nice moments throughout the year. Um, but they've got some depth in those positions, the Sharks, which is key. And... Uh, and he plays on the left. So that's not the actual side that the Bunnies will be attacking. So it'll be Jesse Ramian that'll need to be on his guard. Well, they all need to be on their guard, but Jesse Ramian will be in the, under the spotlight next week. So I think um, I think Connor, big fan, I think he'll do a great job. Just under an hour now until kick-off with the Eels taking on the Raiders. We'll get your final thoughts after the break. We're doing this thanks to McDonald's. Score a one-in-four chance to win the Monopoly game at Macca's. It ends the 18th of October. For full terms, visit mcdonalds.com.au as Triple M rocks your finals footy. Welcome back to Triple M Finals footy. Just under an hour until kickoff between the Eels and the Raiders. A couple of late changes for Parramatta. Marada Niakore will start at lock and Ryan Madison comes off the bench. And for the Raiders, Corey Horsburgh will start with Corey Harawira Naira reverting to the bench. Woodsy, who wins tonight and why? Uh, look, I'm going to go to Canberra tonight. Uh, I just love the footy they play. It was really exciting watching them. You know, got to watch them live last week against Melbourne. They've got no fear at all in them. You know, their back's against the wall. Sticky's, this is a situation Sticky loves, and I just love their two big boppers at the moment. Tarpany is playing career best form. Papa Lee, he's nearly there as well. You know, they've just been outstanding, laying the platform, and it just gives so much for the halves to play off the back of Canberra. So I think Canberra will win just in a tight one, but. Good. You like the Eels, but do they mm. have a weakness in there? Where, where do you see the weakness? Well, look, there's been a lot of talk over the probably the last couple of months about young Jake Arthur coming in on the bench. And, I mean, Parramatta, the only side going into this weekend of finals, not carrying a, a dummy half. If something happens to Reed Marnie, I know... Jake might have played there, you know, in moments throughout the season. But, um, and, and they're very lucky with Reed because he, he generally plays every game and he plays 80 minutes. Um, but they are carrying a halfback on the bench. And if you look at that rotation there, you know, I mean, last week I think they used um, Makakota for like maybe six or eight minutes. And then uh, Jake obviously came on when, when Mitchell went off. So um, if, there's a, if there's a weakness there, I would say it's, you know, there's a little bit of risk about some of their bench players. But... Other than that, no, I'm just going to go with the home side, given the fact it is here um, and they need to respond after last week. And there's um, sometimes that, you know, external pressure just gets through to the players and they respond. And I'm tipping it's, um, it's a night for them. All right, well, after the break, Dan Ganane is going to jump in the hot seat. Dave Riccio is joining us as well. Woodsy, are you going to stick around for us? Yeah, I'll hang around. Yeah, and then a little bit later, uh, Wendell will join us as well for the call here at Combank Stadium. Triple M rocks your finals footy thanks to Ream Hot Water and to Maccas. And we are underway. Here we go. This is where it's dangerous, Triple M. Rocking the footy. There's only one game on the east coast of Australia. It's the great game of rugby league. It's been another massive year of footy. Magic moments. Gets away from another. Over the 40. Stepping. Weaving. Scoring. What a spectacular performance. It's been a try scoring festival. And just a touch of. Well. What the hell was that? Oh my god, where did that come from? Well. Wow. Now, we're here again. Finals footy. 
Only the best of the best have survived. But who's got what it takes to reach out and grab the ultimate prize, the NRL Premiership? Rugby League. That's why we love it. Here, live on Triple M and just about anywhere on the listener app for our great mates at McDonald's and Ream Hot Water, Triple M rocks finals footy. It is a beautiful night in the golden west of Sydney. Hello, everybody. They're all knockout games from here. Parramatta Canberra tonight. Cronulla South Sydney tomorrow. Winner here is off to Townsville for a Friday night prelim final against the Cowboys. That's going to be some event in seven days. Winner tomorrow night takes on the uh, seemingly unstoppable Penrith Panthers at Accor Stadium on Saturday night. This game is a sellout. That's not a surprise. Great news. Tomorrow is a sellout as well, Cronulla and South Sydney. So people are coming to the finals. Even in Sydney, they're coming in their droves. And why not? The footy's been great. The stadiums are superb. The weather, well, it's schizophrenic here in Sydney because yesterday it was dead set in the middle of winter. It was 13 degrees and miserable. Today, 25 degrees. The pitch should be immaculate. Uh, it's been nice and warm, nice and dry. Ryan Girdler. Hello, Dan. Hello, nice everyone. Nice to see you back on your old stomp oh, here in yeah, Sydney. I, I always love being in the Golden West. I mean, and the weather. Gee, I was greeted with some nice warm breezes this morning, Dan, when I got off the flights. I was happy about that. I, I mean, you've done nothing prepared but for the cold about Noosa. It, oh, oh, it rains here all the time. Mm. It's like Sydney. It's the same. I like to complain. But, yeah, I've no complaints today. And, again, you, you mentioned the stadiums. You know, we had the privilege last Sunday. Anyone that was out at Allianz will yeah. know what I'm talking about and there's that argument around the suburban grounds and so forth and you know this thing this 30,000 at at Combank excuse me there's no better environment and we've got two of the best stadiums now in Sydney and we are going to enjoy it tonight. It's going to be one for the ages. Yeah, it is a sellout. Not many here at the moment, but of course that's okay. They're all over at the Leagues Club. They're all around the ground here. Uh, there's jumping castles and, and whatnot around the back and uh, plenty of uh, food stalls. So they do tend to come in here uh, late. Aaron Woods, thank you for dressing for us tonight. Uh, wearing a beautiful <laughs> little uh, knit jumper and short shorts. You look great on television, by the way. You did be a solid on Fox, and I thought, well, is, who's going to tell Aaron Woods he's probably not dressed appropriately, but who cares? Hello, brother. Well, mate, I thought I was coming to the radio, Dan. So, no, you're you know, right. You've done me a favour. I've favorite. looked after you. Come on. You have looked after mate, me. Mate, but um, no, look, mate, absolutely pumped to be out here. Semi-final time. What more could you ask for, you know? And, you know, one thing I probably disagree with, girls, I do love the suburban grounds. There's nothing better than a packed shark park or Lockhart Oval. Yeah, I just born and bred and grew up on it. So, But this is, mate, incredible. I haven't been to the new Allianz yet. But I'm really excited to, to check it out tomorrow night. But I reckon we've got a, a classic on our hands tonight. This is going to be a, a great game of footy. It was a great game in round 12 when they clashed. Uh, Parramatta won that day. It was a Sunday Arvo end-to-end. And I don't think we've ever worked together before. This could be great. Or it could be fireworks. Well, fireworks are great too. Dave Ricky. Absolutely. In, good in the good evening, boys. Tonight. Hello, well, thank you. Yeah. Good to be here, guys. Absolutely uh, cannot wait for this contest. I must say, look how many Raiders jumpers yeah, are in the crowd already. A lot like, of green. Maybe lot you're right. Green. Maybe you're right, Dan. All the, the para fans are They're at lubricating. Least They're lubricating, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but certainly a lot of uh, Green Machine fans in it, Combank already. Uh, can't wait for this one, boys. It is amazing how often we come here, and maybe on a Sunday, Arvo, particularly where, uh, let's say it's a big game, Parramatta versus uh, St. George, a big Sydney game. 
and the ground's half empty with 10 minutes to go, and you think, oh, gee, actually it's disappointing. And yep. then you look up five minutes into the game, and it's there's 25,000 here. Well, to, to Gerd's point about, you know, big stadiums, the, I think there still is a suburban feel. Yeah. With Combank Stadium, the fact that it is, yeah. it's still part of the part. Walking off the streets and into the stadium. Yeah. What's interesting? It's probably look. It's a debate for another day. It might be tomorrow's Saturday scrum, and it is the fact that the Dolphins have cho- chosen to play seven games at Suncorp Stadium, mm. taking, oh, wow. taking away from their home heartland of Redcliffe. Now, I, personally, I don't. I disagree with it. They should be staying at Redcliffe how, to, build, how, to build their supporter base. Seven games at Suncorp instead. As I said, it might What's be one the for another day. Capacity difference there. Well, one's fifty-two, one's twelve. Wow, wow. So their argument would be, well, we can fit more than twelve for yeah, most of those games. But first I mean, season, first season, build your base. You play Brisbane at Suncorp. You play it twice, so one home game for them, one for you. you can argue the Queensland. You're right. I, I mean, I think the West Tigers are the, uh, a case in point. Right. Well, every time the West Tigers come here, West, no one turns up. Well, that's well, that's right. So <laughs> that's, go play in their heart when they play exactly their heart. Right. Campbelltown, yeah. Leichhardt, it works. Yeah. They get more. Money, they get more money to play here. In saying that's that, Woodsy, you can't you can't defend playing a final in front of twelve thousand people last week. <laughs> and that did <laughs> not feel like a I final. Can't. Were you there? Were you no, there? We were down in Melbourne. You were no. down in Melbourne. Yeah. Good, you were there. Oh, that, I think it affects the, the. It did not feel like a final watching it, uh, and, and the game wasn't played. In my not, opinion, like like a finals game. It was the only that, game, well, only game that wasn't played like yep. a finals game. I think it was thirty to twenty six. The scoreline. Thirty two. Hey, Dave, do you think that decision back on the Dolphins? Do you think that decision made by the club there was based around the fact that there's going to be so many Red Cliff supporters in Brisbane itself? What's Red Cliff about forty minutes out of yeah, out of 40, Brisbane? It's yep. Not an easy journey. Yeah, you would but, but, would, but, but wouldn't there be a lot of people in Brisbane that have been waiting for that second team? Yeah, possibly that that don't like because or other people. It's interesting in Brisbane. It's either they love the Broncos or they hate the Broncos. A lot of people that hate them. Yeah, so maybe they're feeling like they're going to get twenty-five or thirty yeah, at a we'll lot see. of their opening. We'll games. see. I just think for a start-up club, yeah. you need to you have need... an identity. Well, absolutely. Yep. And well, well, maybe they've sold with... a lot of memberships. Maybe maybe the, 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 they've got That's you know true. commercially they've. Mm. They've surprised themselves. I think so. what Dave you're intimating is we don't want another South Queensland crushes. Yep. They were at Lang Park and was great the first couple of weeks. Yep. Now that was in the middle of the Super League War, so yep. so they were done in by that. But when they're getting you get four thousand at Suncorp, yep. it's a pretty miserable look. Yep. And the corporate stuff too. There wouldn't be many corporate you No, know, there it, isn't. There isn't. I'm just I'm a real big advocate for for a start up club. Build build the best to the hottest ticket in town. Make that a sellout every single mm. week. That's fair enough. It is fair enough because if you go to a packed house, you know, they, the fans will be right behind them. But is it, it true? It only you know, you know only it, holds 12,000. They'd have more than 12,000 You know how much members. the ticket was to get into Shark Park last week? 100 bucks. For the, for the $95 yeah. for a seat, of which is normally 25 yeah, bucks. Again, right? So they, they charged premium. You know how much is a ticket for tomorrow at Allianz? 40 bucks. Okay? But the, you're you killing can charge your own premium. argument. But you, okay, yes, you can charge premium. Yep. Because but, it's the hottest ticket in town. But we've yeah, we, we got 40000 tomorrow that have paid a fair price as opposed to 12000 yep, that paid yep, stupid I'm, prices. Yeah, I, I'm talking about Redcliffe now. I understand. But I only yep, say I with, with the suburban grounds, it's 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 the fact that the other sides that they're coming from outside, they've got to come to this cauldron of, of their home ground. How hard is it to play Sharks at Shark Park? Obviously, it wasn't too hard for Cowboys because they got the win. Mm. But normally, it does help you. It gives you a big benefit. Sometimes, you know, the crowd gets right behind you. You get a couple extra penalties that game. 
change the momentum. Uh, the Sharks were well within their rights to play that game. It's, it's an NRL-based decision. Yes. But the Sharks had every right to fight for that home ground well, advantage. Once Penrith got their approval, the Sharks had to get there. Absolutely. So yeah. it's the NRL's fault. It's not the Sharks' fault. Yeah, but at some point, now we have the facilities available. Oh. We need to think about moving those. All finals should be played in yeah. the appropriate stadium. Well, and, and I think what the NRL need to do, because obviously they're taking all the ca- all, all the um, gate I'm, takings, right? Yep. They just need to offer the clubs a little bit. Yep. So we'll split Some it 50 50 with you. You get 50% of, you know, which would probably be more than what you'd get anyway if it was 12000 You might get 20000 You get half of that. And usually they're getting nothing, right? Mm-hmm. I reckon the clubs would love that. Clubs would love that. 100%. A little bit of coin and, and, and then it's a better product. And it would incentivise them to actually sell the game and actually get exactly. out there. That's yep. right. Because it's not purely an NRL event. Uh, news tonight, uh, Emma talked about this earlier, the Eels, uh, well, both sides are 1-17, to 17, but both have made a tactical change. Big red, Corey Horsburgh, comes onto the uh, into the starting side, and that pushes Corey Hutterweer-Denida back to the bench. And for the Parramatta side, th- now this is something we see, I think, most weeks. Murata Niakore is uh, starting, and uh, Ryan Madison goes back to the bench. So, um, obviously, the big news there, which we knew was coming, was Mitch Moses uh, passing whatever HIA test they provide. It does speak to the protocols, doesn't it, that there is not a single person. Dave, I'll start with you. Not a single person thought Moses was going to miss this week. Well, yeah, you're probably right. But I, I think it's it's a, a little bit harsh to be questioning the actual concussion protocols of which have been put in place by the Chief Medical Officer of the NRL, Dan. I don't, you can't... You're questioning some serious authority there if, if you're thinking it's... A, it's uh, you know, skip through that little hoop and then jump over there and and, and give me ten, ten star jump. Everyone over here. passes it though, David. I under- There's a few tests you got to do, but like you have these that you do the test at the start of the year, so you get your baseline. Yeah. And then when you do get HIA, like there's a card test you do on the computer. I think that's your scat test. And then when you do one with a doctor, when you actually sit down with him, you it, it, it's a hard test. Now is this the midweek one? The midweek. The test. midweek. The one? midweek okay. test. So the midweek test is very hard. Like you got to remember, he he says ten words to you at the start. You got to remember him, and then you, you do. He does all these other questions, and at the end of it, you got to remember the ten words again. It's just you always got to be thinking, and then you've got a lot of your physical um, tasks that you got to complete as well. By the let, way, me, let me put. Can I just ask a question? Let me put it this way: How easy is it to, to get through it? Look, well, you, you, so, you, let's give Woodsy ten words now, nah. and then when he loses <laughs> yeah. forty minutes, let's yeah. see how it goes. No, thank you. <laughs> to, to Dan's point, Dan's questioning. The, and he's right. No one expected Mitchell Moses not to play. And, and he might be perfect, by the way. Right. It's a, I'm making a general... Understand. But you're, what, how is it possible for not, a, not just Parramatta, any club, to put a player out there that is still showing signs of concussion? Not really. You can't because you've got you to gotta pass it. That's the thing. So is the test that hard? I, I also the test think is hard, Dan. It's very hard. Okay. I, I also think the first time. That, that, that the players these days have an awareness around the severity, severity of head knocks, Dan. I really believe that's changing. You might have some players that, you know, these guys are built a little bit differently and everyone says, oh, you know, Cameron Murray, there's no way in the world. I, I just think that these guys, I mean, back... 15 years ago, you know, no one knew how severe, what the long-term repercussion no. could potentially be. I think these guys, and I know everyone says they're professional athletes, they're trying to hide it. I think they're a bit smarter than that. I think I don't think we always give them enough credit. I think Mitchell Moses wakes up with headaches on Monday and Tuesday. I think he's going in saying, hey, guys, I've got headaches. 
Yep. Now, that's pretty serious. If you get knocked out on the weekend and you've got headaches on Monday or Tuesday, I know you've got elimination final. I know the, how important that is to you and your club and all that. But if you've got headaches... They, you're not, and you're not getting around up and about, I think the club are going to know. They're not going to risk it. They've had a player in their system, Ryan Madison. He's missed a fair bit of time mm. as well. So yep. they're a club that's handled their HRAs pretty well. Like yep. he, I remember that there was times where he would have just a little headache through the week. They wouldn't play him that weekend. And, you know, I spoke to Mitchell the next day after the game. He said he pulled up fine. Yep. He said it was just that one instance, you know, he was knocked out for a couple of seconds. But he said he recovered really quick from it. And key to Mitchell also was the fact that he hasn't uh, suffered consistent head knocks this season. Yeah. He hadn't been previous where Cameron Murray had, yeah. of which is why he had to go down a slightly different path. It Mitchell. just seems the players that do miss don't necessarily fail the test. The club rest them because it's the middle of the season yeah. and they can probably handle whoever they've got. To, or That's fair enough. That's yeah. fair enough. Though. So there is a perception. Yep. What, what you've said, Woodsy, is as good an explanation as I've heard as to what makes the test legitimate. Perhaps the NRL just needs to be a little bit more transparent do you reckon, and let us in well, on, on, on the test. Well, do you reckon the NRL should come in? It shouldn't be supplied by uh, your club doctor. Should it be a, an independent doctor? I, I, look, the NRL's argument is the club doctor knows the person. But, you again, perception is reality. Exactly, and yeah. you are creating a mm. perception that the club doctor is just nudging... Well, imagine Nathan Cleary gets nudging a the knock envelope, next week. Even if it's not fair, the perception is there. Exactly. It's like Nathan Cleary gets a knock next week and then, you know, they've got a seven-day turnaround or eight-day turnaround to the Sunday. Yeah. You're telling me that he's, no ch- <laughs> he's not going to play? Well, you just made my point. You, yeah, you, you, I, I'm with you, but that's what I'm saying. Like, and that's where I reckon you've got to get the independent one in. Oh, I don't think there's any doubt we're heading down a path of a mandatory stand-down. People. That's where we'll well, get to, What's the AFL? Dave? What's the I AFL? I think that's where we'll get to. Yeah. yeah. We'll take that out of everyone's hands. Yep. Ten days. Yep. Okay, let's go to... Oh, can I say one more thing? Yes. What we will never see throughout this final series is a positive COVID test. <laughs> well, thank God, because they woke no up... No player they... will miss a game yes. through a positive COVID test. There's one that will sneak through, Dan. Where's that gone? <laughs> <laughs> They're dropping like flies, here's boys. One. They're dropping like flies. Here's, What's COVID? Here's, one, here's a test we provided earlier. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, 12 days, actually. Charlie just puts up. How long is AFL? Yeah, that's right. 12, pro- not 10. 12 days. All right. And that, and that is... I was going to say, 10 days. Hang on. What if a team plays Thursday yep. and then they've got a Monday game? That, but no, 12 days covers all of that. Um, uh, let's uh, take a break. Uh, they're the Raiders down there. Yes, they are going through their warm-ups at the southern end where the Canberra fans are. Lots of them, as you said, Dave Riccio. When we come back, still lots of issues to talk about. Uncle Benny. Is Benny Elias going to have an influence on this game with uh, his comments that rolled Ricky Stewart up? News out of the Broncos uh, today and Sifatalakai ruled out of tomorrow. Is that the thing that will cost the Cronulla Sharks, or can they overcome it? Triple M rocking finals footy as we do it for Ream Hot Water and for Maccas, and this is prime time for SwiftX. Buy, sell, and earn crypto with SwiftX. Visit SwiftX.com. That's S-W-Y-F-T-X.com to kick off your crypto journey today. Triple M rocks finals footy. Ream Hot Water and McDonald's. Yes, indeed. Raiders have been out there for a little while just getting accustomed to this ground. They haven't played here in two years, which is hard to believe, but I suppose COVID and the uh, relocation of the game. Uh, 2020 was the last time they were here. This obviously is their first finals match here. Parramatta, their third finals game here. The famous win against Brisbane, 58-0. But then they were beaten pretty comfortably by South in 2020. Uh, But... 
Uh, I think that was a crowd-affected situation, um, a COVID-affected situation. wasn't a full house. It will be tonight. Triple M rocking finals footy. Uh, it's a massive 24 hours. Um, uh, our friends in Queensland are getting the AFL tonight because it's Geelong and uh, Brisbane Lions. But tomorrow morning, 10 a.m. in Sydney, the Dead Set Legends. We've got lots of things to cover. Midday, the Saturday scrum as usual. Then for our uh, New South Wales audience, the Swans at 4.30 will be on air uh, for Sydney versus Collingwood. And then as soon as that's done, it's off to Allianz Stadium for a sold-out Cronulla-South Sydney final. Amazing, just the second time they will have ever met in a finals game. Yeah. Um, and it's the first time these two sides have ever met. Parramatta right? Canberra, yeah, isn't it? In the whole, the whole the ever. history. Oh, ever. wow. Aaron Woods, Ryan Girdler, Dave Riccio. Uh, big news, Dave, uh, no Sifatalakai. Yeah. Um, could he have played if it was, a, let's say, a grand final? I don't think so, Dan. Uh, this is an issue that uh, Sifatalakai has been carrying for a number of weeks now uh, in, in that shoulder area. Um, he also suffered the ankle injury, remembering that hip drop in the final round against the Newcastle Knights. Um, I thought that was syndesmosis. Yeah, yeah. they did, yeah. And yeah. That, that's a four to six week. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm picking up some mail, guys, and I'll just wait for the 8 p.m. Uh, 24 hours out before kickoff to get final confirmation, but I am getting some mail that Royce Hunt could also be out. Wow! Uh, for the Sharkies, um, that's huge. Which would be another another blow, uh, and that Aidan Tolman would be the next man up as far as middle forwards go for the Sharks. So as you said, Dan Sifatelikai is out. I expect Connor Tracy uh, to play in the centres and Lachlan Miller to come onto the wing. Um, and uh, it's a bit of a wait and see on Royce. That's, that's a real advantage back uh, taken away, I think, from the Sharks, Dave, given the fact that there's no Tommy Burgess. And if you look at that uh, bench for the Rabbitohs, uh, Nick Arima, obviously, is the utility player, but Sele, Chicam, who's an edge back rower, yeah. centre, um, and then obviously Havili, who's a middle player yep. but a, a dummy half. And, you know, I think the advantage the Sharks have through the middle with Hamin Ueli and Fafita on the bench and up front with, you know, Hunt and Rudolph. Mm. Impact. If if you what impact yeah oh, just like you know, small big bodies low right? minutes but big impact yeah. when they they're on the field and, and obviously Aiden Tolman uh, is a uh, more of a grinder. Well, Jason Demetrio was asked today, Gers, just on that point about the bench about yep. how they. I think where you're going is that they're a bit smaller, yeah, uh, and and probably more mobile. So Michael Cheekham's named on that bench. I expect Cheekham to come into the into the game as an edge back role with Jai Arrow. Moving up. from the edge yeah. into the middle. However, I think he started in the middle last week, Joy. Yep, and played well. Yep. Uh, Dimitro was asked at today's press conference about does he beef up, he, up his bench with maybe a Davy Moali. He didn't rule it out, yeah. but did say we like to play with mobi- mobility, so I'm pretty happy with what I've got at this stage. So yep. uh, it'll be a bit of a wait and see with South Bench It's as a well. fast track, isn't it? And, it? and if the conditions stay the way that they have today, I mean, South Sydney, if they... They keep the footy off the uh, off the Sharkies. I think that's going to be an issue for them. So, well, they played a great game a few weeks ago, twenty-one twenty. The Sharks yep. won. If I, my memory serves, Dave, they were they were dominant. The Sharks, but it, they only shook the South off at the end. Latrell kept missing field goals. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they, in fact, Latrell did bugger all that game. He was he did. He was kept quiet. He got moved to the centres that night as well because Nick Aroma went that's to fullback. Exactly yeah. right. He only had two runs in the. It, first. it was like he just wasn't interested. It, He's not going to be like that tomorrow. No way. No way in the world. <laughs> and and you, have you got some news on perhaps his uh, oh, future? Look, look, I'm pretty confident 
Latrell will be at South Sydney long term. I think it's only for the fact that the finals are on at this point in time and South Sydney, all of their focus is on this huge match tomorrow night and they just don't need headlines of million-dollar deals, done, new contract for Latrell. While ever it would be a good news story, South Sydney is so focused on just getting as far as they can through this final series and, as I said, uh, not having their focus on their star man when... The focus is always on their star man. So uh, I expect him to extend his future at South Sydney uh, and it, for, for it to be announced in, in coming weeks. Did we talk about Campbell Graham? Not at this stage. He trained today with the Red Cross bib on. Woodsy. What's wrong with him, Dave? Uh, it's a, it's a, Let's call it a mystery, Gertz. Yeah, oh, is that right? Uh, yep. that, that means nothing. Nico Hines had the Cross bib on earlier yep. in the week as well. It's a lot that of players, means don't tackle me, doesn't uh, it? Yeah, That's a right. lot of times, this, this time of year, players, are, they're carrying little niggles or, or bumps. So you just try to monitor them at training. You want to get him in there with the, when you've got the ball in the hand that you can get your timing in and your combinations right. But he'll play. He There's, was exceptional last uh, week. Yeah. He was a massive He made a massive, him. massive difference. I mean, so his line speed defensively yep. and how he just shores up that right edge for him. Yep. So physical. Yeah. Uh, he, he will... Uh, Demetrio did co- confirm that he will also play with painkilling injections. Yeah. He was asked where? where, where what's wrong? What's, <laughs> what, what, whereabouts will he have the painkillers? And Demetrio replied, in his body. Ooh. Good for him. So no one knows where the injury is. Good for him. Uh, <laughs> you can tell he's worked with Wayne. What are the Sharks? <laughs> where do the Sharks... You're close with the Sharks. Where do they think he's getting pain-killing injections? Uh, they will try every part of the body, I would think. <laughs> All right. Okay, let's take a break. We'll come back because we've got to talk about this game. Uh, it's Parramatta and Canberra. Is it the end of the road for Brad Arthur if they don't win? We'll talk about that uh, and how these two sides match up. Triple M rocking finals football. We do prime time for SwiftX. Buy, sell and earn crypto with SwiftX.com to kick off your crypto journey today. Triple M rocks finals footy. Here live for our great mates Reem Hotwater and McDonald's. Triple M rocking the footy, the finals, knockout, rugby league, week two, Parramatta, trying to keep their season alive and not go out in straight sets. The Raiders, well, they could be the Cinderella story of 2022 if they can keep this run going. Ryan Girdler, Aaron Woods, Dave Riccio, Dan Ganane. Dave, I don't think we should ever say one game should determine whether a coach can coach, but I've got to be honest, if, if they get done in straight sets tonight, it gets really hard for Brad Arthur. I mean, they, they, they make the finals every year, but it's becoming too routine. That yeah. They're just going out the back door. Yeah, but look, personally, I'm a big, uh, I'm a bigger fan of the way Brad Arthur has developed the Parramatta Reels as a footy club. He gets a lot out of uh, middle-of-the-road players. They come in middle-of-the-road and he sends them out millionaires, really. Mm. And I'm talking about players like... Isaiah Papali'i, Reid Marnie, Sean Lane's a better player for coming here. Neil Corey. Neil Corey. However, Dan, there is a difference between getting to this point and getting to the next level. And that will be the question mark on whether Brad has the capabilities to take this team to a premiership. And if he does go out in straight sets, that'll be the question. So do you reckon, like, because there's not too many coaches out that are not coaching at the moment. Do you reckon someone like Michael McGuire would be good? You know, he's come in. He's done that before at South. He's shown that he can take that team that's sort of on the cusp of, you know, three to six in the ladder 
to the pre- to the premiership yep. like he did with South, whereas he couldn't really rebuild a Tigers system. Yeah. So yeah. do you think that they need to get a coach that's sort of the hard ass that can keep pushing those sort of players and try to get them to the next level? They need to identify what the what the overriding reason is that the, that if this is to be the case, guys, well, let's not be too negative of the fact that they they might get through tonight. Yeah, mm, they're top absolutely. four as well. They're top four as well. Like, yeah, that's, and no that's, easy feat. No, absolutely. And, and here's my question: So let's say they win tonight. Yep. And then lose to North Queensland in a big Townsville game. Mm. That's still a pretty acceptable season. Yeah, but, they, but, but so they want premierships here. I, I understand that. I, I understand that. Gee, it's unlucky. I mean, it's eight seven against uh, against Penrith, and Mitchell Moses goes down. Goods. Yeah, it's amazing. Just the the little things that can happen. Well, that was a big thing, uh, but just the one moment that can just define a whole coaching career. Yeah, but I spoke about that game earlier, Dan, and and I think Penrith they really limped into. They, they did an amazing job. They lost the first game. They were down on troops, and how they went through and won that final series last year was remarkable because they weren't. I don't believe they were in that great form. To be honest, they were resilient. Yeah, and they willed their way to a premiership. They were there for the they were there for the taking at some point last year, Panthers. We saw it in that game. We almost saw it in the grand final. So for mine, Penrith this year, are a, a ten times better outfit. They are humming along. They've won the first week of the finals. Well, they're fit. They, they've had the week off before that. They've got you know no injuries, and they're going to be hard to topple. So everyone talks about that game Parramatta you know had against Penrith last year. Um, well, I believe that you know if Parramatta. Um, had the had the players to own the big moments in this team, I think they would have got the job done last year and might have gone on to the premiership. I, I think the question might have gone on last year. Might that might have been there? Everyone talks about their window. Yeah. It mightn't be this year. You know, it might have been last year. There was an opportunity there. Penrith were on their knees in that final series last year. You know what I find yep. real funny, boys? I think this is their hardest challenge. Now I reckon that they can give if they did make the grand final. I reckon they can give Penrith a crack. But I think this is the first game they've got to get through because I think they can beat Cowboys up in North Queensland. Yeah. But I think this is going to be their hardest task so far. Do you get think so? Final. You think this tonight is that the mental gap? Or yeah, it's you... the mental gap. Like it's it's coming back. You know, they they got dust, uh, touched up by Penrith last week. You know, everyone was back in Parramatta to give a big crack and, and to beat them. You know, like we said before, it was seven six. Yeah. You know, they were down. They lose Mitch Moses at the sixty minute mark, and then they sort of, you know, they lost their way. But I just think for for their mental space, uh, if they can get through tonight, they're probably the only side left that can give a crack to Penrith. You know, you know I, I agree with Woodsy on the basis that everything that has been set up about tonight is that the Eels are the favourites, and that Ricky Stewart um, is is saying that they're where they've got nothing to lose. They go to Townsville. In front of a Cowboys crowd, well, it's Parramatta or the Outsiders. Yeah. All right, let's uh, let's take a break. And Wendell's going to join us next. Are you leaving us, Woodsy? I'm off, boys. Good job. Well Thank done. You. Um, and uh, we'll see you uh, when when are we you on tomorrow with you. Yes, indeed. Yes. The big Allianz Cup. So I'm a one game at a time man. Would Sorry, mate. So I'm not well, thinking about my, tomorrow. That's my yet. one game tomorrow. So no, I understand. Yeah. I understand. But forgive I'm me pumped. for not. I'm no. excited. It's semi final, brother. Because you didn't do the Sunday game with us, did you? No, I did the Saturday with the Big Dell. Okay. Jeez, we had fun you down wait there. till the atmosphere tomorrow night. Excited. At Can't wait. Next Windows level. open. Oh, boy. All right, Triple M rocking the footy. We do uh, uh, prime time for Swift X. More after this. Kickoff, only eight minutes away. Triple M rocks the NRL 24 7 through the Triple M app. Thanks to Ream. Steady, hot, and strong. Install a Ream.